This podcast of Central Indiana Today is brought to you by Figment 2 McDonald's. Stop by any of their stores in Avon, Brownsburg, Danville, Speedway, and 10th Street, next to Ben Davis High School, for great specials, including the two for $2.50 and two for $5. They also have all-day breakfast items, which now include biscuits and McGriddles. And coming soon to the Danville location, Wednesdays will be family night. Figment 2 McDonald's is a proud supporter of Central Indiana Today and WYRZ 98.9. Hello, this is Kevin Kersey of the Kevin Kersey Agency. The Kevin Kersey Insurance Agency, a member of the Farmers Insurance Group, can help you with your home, life, auto, or business needs. We are located at 701 North Green Street in Brownsburg, and our phone number is 317-286-3481. We can also be found on Facebook at the Kevin Kersey Agency or at our website, www.farmersagent.com forward slash kkersey. Indiana Family Dentistry is located at 505 North Green Street in Brownsburg. Dr. Will Hine practices general and cosmetic dentistry with services ranging from veneers and whitening to implants and complete smile restorations. Indiana Family Dentistry's phone number is 852-5999 and website is infamilydentistry.com. Indiana Family Dentistry is a proud supporter of Hendricks County and Community Radio. This is Donald James of Impact Youth Mentoring. Impact Youth is a not-for-profit mentoring organization providing mentoring services to the children of Hendricks County. We pair mentors ages 16 and older with youth in Hendricks County. Over the past five years, we have been able to impact over 120 children through our mentoring and tutoring programs. Information about becoming a mentor or finding a mentor for a child can be found at impactyouthmentoring.org or via email at impactyouth1010 at gmail.com. The UPS Store Brownsburg is located at 124 East Northfield Drive in Brownsburg. Their phone number is 858-1422. The UPS Store Brownsburg can handle your printing needs, including color, large format, and business cards. They also do blueprints, mailers, and invitations. Thanks to owner Tom Reese and all the folks at the UPS Store Brownsburg for supporting community radio in Hendricks County. The Kevin Kersey Agency presents Central Indiana Today on 98.9 WYRZ. Today's program is made possible by the Kevin Kersey Agency, 701 North Green Street in Brownsburg. And now here's your host, Rob Kendall. Welcome in to another edition of Central Indiana Today here on 98.9 WYRZ. I'm Rob Kendall. Thanks for joining us on the program today. We're going to talk about President-elect Donald Trump and in particular Donald Trump's work here in Indiana as well as our surrounding Rust Belt states which put him over the top in the Electoral College. We'll first check in with Tony Samuel. He was the vice chairman of Donald Trump's Indiana campaign. And then we're going to talk with Julie Melvin. She was a part of a grassroots group that worked not just here in Indiana, but also in Ohio and Michigan. And they were so influential in getting Trump over the top, in particular in Michigan, which came down to just several thousand votes. So it's going to be a great day. We'll talk about the election of uh, President Donald Trump. And it's one of the really interesting things about this election was it was the Midwest. It was Indiana, Ohio, Michigan, Pennsylvania that decided the presidential election. So we'll talk about that today. Get things started with our conversation with uh, Indiana Vice Chairman uh, Tony Samuel. Here's that conversation. Tony, how's it going? 
it's going well. It's uh, been exciting. It's been an exciting week, and uh, you know, just a lot of uh, happy people in uh, in Indiana and across the country. Well, obviously, Indiana, I think one of the first states in the nation on the board for Donald Trump on Tuesday night. You've Got to be very pleased with the way uh, things went here in the Hoosier State. Yeah, as you know, you know our theme, our Indiana theme was really for Trump. Rex Early is our state chairman. Rex and I and Susie Chabrowski, uh, our state director, all got on board early with the Trump campaign and the end of the nomination process early on, on May 3rd and then uh, uh, our next goal is to, to uh, be the earliest state on the board with Trump and Pence and, and we accomplished that. And I just want to thank uh, the, the thousands and thousands of volunteers across the state, uh, all the grassroots folks that did an excellent job, all the folks that hadn't come out but, but felt that Donald Trump was there. Uh, man to leave the country and wanted to, they hadn't participated for years or decades or sometimes, in some cases, never before came out and voted for him. That's what made the difference. And also, you know, we had a lot of Democrats crossing over, uh, mainly because of the jobs issue. And so I want to thank everybody that, that supported uh, Donald Trump and, and Governor Pence, now Vice President Pence. Tell us why you think Indiana was such a Trump state. Well, we thought, you know, we traveled all around the state. We, we visited over 50 counties um, in, in really nine weeks. And everywhere we went, we saw it, and we saw it for different reasons. But the main reasons were jobs and the economy, folks wanting to, you know, res- the, the message of, res- of uh, bringing back jobs from overseas resonated, um, fixing our bad trade deals, that struck a chord, and security was the other top issue. Uh, folks are concerned about what's happening uh, with our borders and, you know, uh, terrorism. And that's serious stuff. And people really paid attention. I, uh, you know, I've been saying that Donald Trump had a lot of signature issues, not just security and, and jobs, but also taking care of our vets. Uh, he had an energy, comprehensive energy policy. He talked about health care and, and, and uh, repealing and, and replacing Obamacare. Talked about all kinds of things that that struck a chord because there are issues that people care about. On the other side, you didn't have that. Yeah, I, I still don't know what the main issue from the other side was, and I think that made it obviously made a big difference. It was interesting. I was watching press conference with President Obama today, and he talked about Donald Trump. Uh, he didn't. I'm not quoting verbatim, but basically he said he's uh, non-political. And then his direct quote was, "I found him to be pragmatic." I said the same thing seven months ago when I interviewed him. I think that's why Donald Trump resonated with Democrats and Republicans. They're like, hey, there's a guy that's pretty non-political running the country. That's a cool thing. Yeah. Yeah. And and especially the folks that, you know, they care about the country. They love the country. They want to be involved, but they don't like the the politics of it. They don't trust Washington. He started as uh, as the outside anti-establishment candidate. That's what he is today. That's how he won. And that's how more folks that that, that uh, why most folks that don't normally participate, but they care deeply about the country. That's why they participated. Here is Tony Samuel with uh, Donald Trump's Indiana campaign. Of course, they did such a great job. I want you to talk a little bit about the grassroots side of things because you had some people that weren't affiliated directly with the campaign who really stepped up and they were just they were bulldogs out there for you guys. Yeah, they they, uh, they really were. And, and this happened all across the state. There was a group, Bob Karate, uh, Julie Melvin, uh, Lydia Abbott, uh, Jim Morgan. Uh, you might I know you know some of them because you're going to have Julian. Um, these guys, but then others that were unseen 
and you know maybe unheralded, but they were out there. We would see them in in different stops we made along the state. Folks that would build their own signs, um, get their yard signs stolen, but put them back up. Uh, 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 Gerald Hawkins and Cicero, who's become a really good friend. Um, you know, he's the he's the one that that mowed Trump into his lawn and then later mowed uh, Pence uh, in because he had yard signs stolen in the primary and in the in the uh, general. And and these folks did everything they could. It wasn't there were just a few of us that were paid staff on the campaign, and we had dozens and dozens of volunteers that came into our campaign office and made phone calls and and did the door to door. And and then we. You know, we, we distributed 40,000 yard signs in the primary and another 40,000 in the general. But there were folks out there, um, you know, handing them out, passing them out, distributing them for us. And wherever we'd go, if we'd stop on a street corner, cars would, you know, be honking, stopping, getting the yard signs. It was just it's amazing. It's, it's like nothing you've ever seen, nothing I've seen in politics. So there were a lot of groups out there, not just the official campaign. And I don't want to thank all of them. You know, it's interesting. Uh, I'm curious from your perspective, because you would go to all these like party headquarters, county party headquarters and have these big events and you would see all these signs and stuff. And you had to be saying, where did all these come from? We didn't put these out. It was this grassroots group. Yeah, it, it really was. It was uh, a lot of different folks. Um, a lot of, uh, you know, we had these, we got 525 or so. Of these big four by eight uh, signs, and we didn't we didn't know if we were going to get rid of those or, or what. We were done. We we were out of those in about three weeks. Folks came out of you know every corner of the state to pick them up and to deliver them to others and to put them up around the state. And and then uh, you'd see folks that made their own um, just you know everywhere. So it was that's enthusiasm. That's really enthusiasm, and you don't see it much. Um, and, and that's why the polling didn't show what was really going on because a lot of these folks don't show up in the polls and we knew we, we knew that it would be a bigger win than what the polls were saying in Indiana and it was turned out to be a 24 win and we knew that if this was going on here we, we heard about it in other states we knew it was going on everywhere so we knew if there was a state a battleground state take, take Pennsylvania where he was down by two I felt that he was probably really up by one or two or if it was even uh, in Florida that he was up by two or three you know and that's how that for the here is Tony Samuel. He was uh, with Donald Trump's Indiana campaign, which, of course, did so well on election night on the first day on the board for Trump. One of the things about the Trump campaign that was so cool and the reason I felt all along he was going to win was everybody involved looked like they were having fun. Tell us about the reactions you got from people as you would meet them all over the state. Well, I wish, you know, in, in a way, I wish we could uh, take a victory lap and, and – uh, and get together with those folks. We need to have some kind of celebration because, as you know, uh, that night everything kind of just, uh, you know, we knew we, we probably had it, but we never knew what might happen. And uh, there was no concession until very late, and Trump didn't get to give his uh, 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 acceptance speech, victory speech, until about just about 3 a.m. Um, so a lot of folks have left. Uh, we, we need to get together, you know, have everyone get together. That was involved. Um, but it was it was just it was a great feeling, and um, you know a lot of uh, like I said at the start of this, a lot, a lot of happy people that worked really hard to make this happen. We got a great candidate. I mean Donald Trump is going to be a strong leader. He's a visionary. Um, 
he's a type of leader that America needs, uh, and, and he is going to make America great again. Tony, take us through what election day and election night was like for you as you were officially affiliated with the with the campaign. Sure, um, and and you know, just in in my day to day, what was neat uh, for me, I I got to be on the phone calls in the morning with the national communications team at 7:30 every morning, and then and then at 8 o'clock we'd have a phone call with our uh, state battleground communications. Director, so there was 18 states that we considered battleground, including Indiana, even though you know it's pretty safe here. Um, uh, and then there were other phone calls throughout the day. There was strategy. There was things that they would do on the national level, and we would try to do here. And then, you know, our traveling around the state, uh, we came up with that ourselves. I don't think anyone in, in the other states were doing that, but they were getting then from Donald Trump and, and uh, uh, Governor Pence, and we weren't. So we we did this on our own. Um, then election day came and, um, you know, we went to, well, actually Governor Pence was coming in to vote. So I uh, worked on that, getting the information out to the media and then met him. I got to shake his hand and take a couple of words to him as uh, a uh, uh, thank uh, when he voted at, uh, at St. Thomas Aquinas School, uh, close to the governor's uh, residence. And uh, then it was just you know, getting ready for the evening, and, and you know we had a great group at the JW, uh, both in our room and then uh, in the ballroom, and then it was just you know everything was a whirlwind once we got there, and we uh, interviewed media interviews, and then and, and, you know a lot of folks congratulating and and, uh, and you know being on stage uh, saying a few words. It was just really exciting. It was it was surreal, and um, you know it was like. Uh, Perfect end to uh, you know long effort, but uh, I think everybody's you know, paid off for everybody. Tony, take 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 our audience through what it's like to work for a winning presidential campaign. I mean, I interviewed the guy for ten minutes, and my life has changed forever. All the opportunities I've had <laughs> because of it. Take us through what yeah. it's like from somebody who's actually working for the campaign. You know Trump. You got to talk to him. Uh, take yeah. us through what it's like and how your life is is sort of changing. It, well, it, it kind of it really has. And, and by the way, you uh, had a great interview with him. You did a great job. And he said, as he told folks and he told you, um, that he wished every interview could be, you know, as fair and, and, and as, as uh, informed as, as, as what you. Uh, now I got, now I got, I got to stop you here. He told other yeah. people that too. He told other people. So it's not just not just me. The Trumpster was that, telling other that's people. That's what I've heard. Yeah. No, that's what I've heard because I talked to some communications folks. That, uh, that were in the room after you left. Yeah. So well, dreams come true right it. there. Thank you. Yeah. Oh yeah. Sure. Sure. Now you did a great job. And um, for me, you know, what was neat, I had uh, Rex and I both contacted the campaign in September 2015. Although we didn't know that we did a week on each other for years, but have never really gotten to work together. So then, come February, we both stayed in touch, and they, they reached out, and then we started working with them. And a couple of other folks hired Susie to be our state director and Cody Reynolds to be the deputy and then April, you know, things were rolling and we had an idea to try to get Trump in early before the twenty sixth, uh the the near primary was the nineteenth and then five states on the twenty sixth. And we wanted him in as early as possible but not after the twenty sixth. And, and and I had the privilege of talking to him on the phone and we talked for about eight minutes and I explained, you know, why and he asked you know, what do I need to do? What do we need in Indiana? How's it going? What's, you know, those kinds of things. And so I suggested, you know, it'd be great to get you in as, as possible. He said, we're going to do it. I need to be there. Uh, uh, I'm going to make it happen. 
he got here the day after the New York primary. You know how important that New York primary was because there's been two weeks since the Wisconsin primary, which he lost to Ted Cruz. So he came in on the 20th at the fairgrounds. You were there. Uh, and then again, after the, the big wins on the 26th, he moved in on the 27th, the 28th. Bobby Knight and Seth McKinney and rallies all over the, the state and, and was in several times before that May 3rd primary. So that was huge. Um, and, and then, you know, I've met him a few times since and had, uh, you know, some pictures with him, a great picture uh, that's, uh, you know, on, on my phone with uh, my wife and kids and him. Uh, so it's just been a thrill. Uh, of course, uh, Young Defense has been great as well, and, and he made a big difference, and I think really, you know, uh, connected with folks all across the country. And so, I just, you know, it is the first presidential campaign that I worked on. It's been 25 years since I started in politics. It'll be 25 years in January. So I thought that in the back of my mind, it'll be really neat for me if 25 years after I started all of this, uh, I get to see uh, Donald Trump uh, inaugurated as the next president. And, and so. It's, it's, uh, Tony, Tony, tell us about the experiences Trump had in Indiana, because I think the positive experiences he had, uh, the crowds, the people, uh, the enthusiasm, it played a huge role in him picking Mike Pence. And your your leadership, you and Rex, um, the leadership you guys showed may have changed Mike Pence's life forever, because I think it is a large reason that he was picked. Well, Mike Pence and, and Donald Trump hit it off uh, from the start. It's interesting, you know that when I mentioned that he came in on the 20th for the first rally. Before the rally, we helped set up a meeting between the two of them at the governor's residence. So he came in, he went to the governor's residence. They met. They had a great meeting. I think they met once in 2012 or 2013 uh, briefly. But this was a, a real meeting, a significant. They hit it off from the start. Um, uh, then you know, uh, a week later, um, we 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 ended up you know ten days later, thirteen days later, the primary, um, big win, you know, all fifty-seven delegates, and that's what we wanted to deliver. We want all nine congressional districts to deliver fifty-seven delegates, and Ted Cruz drops out. And then right from that point on, Governor Pence, you know, was on board completely, and that made a big difference because a lot of Republicans weren't. And to his credit, you know, uh, they got along really well from the start and became friends. There was great chemistry there and endorsed after, you know, the, directly after the primary. And that made a difference. Like I said, there's so many folks waffled and wavered, but not not uh, Mike Pence. And then when it came time to, to, uh, to make that decision, um, you know, he was right there at the top of the list and, and, and got the call. Um, it, there is another story that like when we had a, Donald Trump in on July 12th for a fundraiser at the Columbia Club downtown. Um, and then he did the rally in Westfield, and then he was heading out of town. And as you know, the plane had uh, flat tire and some brake problems. So he stayed. I got a call from someone telling me about this that, that he was staying at the Conrad. So I had it over just to see what I could see. And uh, Mr. Trump and his son Eric and Governor Pence and wife Karen were in the, the room behind us with the doors closed down and dinner. That made, I think that made a difference because he got to spend more time and got to know uh, uh, Governor Pence better. And, and, and as you know, Governor Pence is great, uh, uh, you know, in that kind of situation one-on-one and among, you know, large crowds as well. But but that, 
you know, have to have made a difference, and then they met again at the residence the next morning, which was actually a scheduled meeting, but it was supposed to be in New York. Um, but they met at the residence because of plane problems, and I think you know, some of the family members flew in, and, uh, and and then, you know, we were off to the races at that point. I want to close with this. I said this yesterday on the air on WIBC. Um, by the way, Tony, you guys, you guys helped make me. I mean, you know, you guys made this interview possible, and, and uh, it's opened up so many opportunities. I know I always thank you every time I see you, but, uh, you know, it's just, it was so wonderful. But they asked me about what I thought about Trump winning the, the blue wall, and I predicted that he would do that. And I said, the thing about Trump is he loses Wisconsin and he loses Ohio in the primary, and, and yeah. by a fairly large margin. But then he's so compelling as a candidate and so compelling as a guy that he goes back and wins the general election. And I just thought that was so amazing that he did that. It is. I mean, I've said, you know, as I'm on the stump, I'm talking about what he's carried on his shoulders, you know, through the primaries and, and taking on the establishment of 18, 16 other candidates, whatever it was. And then, you know, to go through all the attacks and, 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 and be running a national campaign get to secure the nomination and, and you know what we've seen through the general and the debates this is not somebody that's used to that stage in those, those types of debates but you know he did great and won those debates um so yeah it's, it's something to see and something you know really says a lot and says a lot about his character and what kind of leader and the strength and courage that he has to win those states pennsylvania ohio michigan wisconsin pretty incredible also says a lot about what's happening in the country with folks really concerned about jobs and, and uh, what's happening with their income and their uh, quality of life and, you know, wanting to, to do better for their families and they need a change and then he's going to bring that change in a positive way. Well, Tony, we love talking to you. You guys ran such a great radio here in, in Indiana. And you guys did it with, like you said, like nine people. I mean, it's the new way of running campaigns. You guys worked so hard. And thank you uh, for what you did, and thank you for the opportunities that you gave us. Well, thank you. And, and can I say, you know, what we did, we did it was because of all the folks out there that love Trump. And, and it was a pleasure to go around and meet them around the state. The local media was great. We had a lot of, you know, they called earned media. When you're doing this kind of thing, it still makes a difference. We also had a great uh, social media presence. Caitlin Sullivan was our volunteer social media person. She did a great job. I also want to thank Jeff Cardwell, our state chairman, who was with us, you know, the whole way and very supportive. And Kristen Williams, his communications director, and Mark Warner, also their uh, uh, their, their field guy for the state. Uh, uh, the state party, but they were all very helpful. So that was a great team effort all around. That was Tony Samuel, and he was the vice chairman of Donald Trump's Indiana campaign. Of course, Indiana, one of the first states in the nation to be declared for Donald Trump on election night. And one of the reasons Indiana was one of the first states to be declared for Donald Trump was an amazing grassroots effort. You heard Tony talk about it there in our interview uh, that took place. Just a group of folks that got together outside of the official campaign and worked very hard to elect Donald Trump. Now, this group initially started in Indiana during the primary, and after the uh, primary became a general election group of people that covered three states, Indiana, Ohio, and Michigan. 
part of that infamous blue wall that Hillary Clinton was so dependent upon. And this grassroots group was a major reason that Donald Trump was able to break through the blue wall and ultimately be victorious in Indiana, Ohio, and Michigan. And one of the people that was uh, very involved in that group was Julie Melvin. And Julie sat down with us to talk a little bit about the group, about how they put a strategy together, and why they played such a key role in Donald Trump's election. Here's that conversation. Well, we are speaking with uh, Julie Melvin and her husband, Ted. They were such an integral part of the Donald Trump grassroots team, which really helped break through the blue wall in uh, Ohio and Michigan. They were part of a group that included Indiana as well. Julie, how are you? I'm great, thanks. How are you doing? Great. Ted, how are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for having us. Okay, so, you know, I got to interview Trump, and that sort of helped make me. But you guys, like, (laughs) have my experience on steroids, so we're going to talk about this a little bit. But first of all, tell us sort of how you came to support Donald Trump. You've met Mr. Trump several times, his family several times. Tell us how you kind of got involved. Well, you know, over the last eight years, I was tired of, like everyone else, of not having a voice, um, seeing our country kind of fall apart, um, jobs lost, jobs going to Mexico and China, um, our constitution being desecrated. Um, we've got security issues. People come across the border that we don't know, you know, anything about. Um, you know, just pretty much what everybody else was tired uh, about in our country and, you know, standing back and watching this happen and kind of feeling like you're handcuffed. So um, I got behind Mr. Trump early on when he announced June 16th. And from that point on, whether it was popular or not, I had decided that I was going to do everything within my power to help Mr. Trump get elected. Now, Ted, we were talking before we came on the air. You were a little slower to get on board, yeah, right? Yeah, I was, I was a lot slower to get on board. I definitely felt that America mm-hmm. was heading in the wrong direction. Um, and, and not just economically, not just from a security standpoint, just from a moral standpoint. Uh, the younger generation, the, uh, the corruptness. So I, I definitely want to change, but um, she, she, I gave it one-tenth of what she did. She, she Men, was listen to your wives. We know it. what we're talking about. <laughs> okay, so you were telling me, though, that by a stroke of luck, because you kind of became a Donald Trump fan, mm-hmm. your neighbor, who yeah. did so wonderful, yes, she did. actually Lydia. became mm-hmm. the singer for the national anthem for these Trump events. Yes, yes, Lydia, Lydia Abbott. Abbott. Yeah. She's our neighbor. She's one of eight uh, kids that are homeschooled. Um, you know, it was the night uh, before, it was the night of the Chicago riots. I was sitting in bed and uh, I was, I started praying because I knew that what was happening was really beyond just somebody protesting. I felt like there was a machine behind that. You know, I think the average person was smart enough to know that and um, they weren't fooling us, but I knew that it was something big we were up against. I sat in bed, I prayed, I was crying. My husband comes in and says, what's wrong with you? Uh, The next day (laughs) I get a phone call from Lydia Abbott and she's like, Julie, I know you guys are busy, but is there a possibility that you and Ted can drive with me to Bloomington, Illinois? I just got asked to sing for Mr. Trump, the national anthem in Bloomington, Illinois, and of she's course, a great singer. oh my yeah, gosh, she's, she's amazing, and she's she's a sweet, great sweet, family. sweet gal. Um, yeah, good great Christian. family. Her mom wrote a song for uh, Trump. It was kind of along the high hopes uh, <laughs> melody. It was really, really cute. But I um, know we were. I was thrilled. I was jumping around. I was screaming, and uh, you know, you could have heard me for miles away because right. I was so excited. And, so um, take us through. You met him that that day. Yes. Yeah. We so we met him on on March thirteenth. Uh, What'd you um, tell him about his hair? Honey? Okay. Wait. Okay. Wait, so take wait, us through what okay, your experience because I love these stories. Oh my gosh. So we um, we got to the hotel. So Mr. Trump um, 
got us a suite. So we stayed in a, a little hotel there right by the airport. And it was a really rainy day. Um, our friend, so Joe Alexander, he works for Trump. He was a um, really great guy. He got us, um, came and picked us up. And there were some protesters. Um, yeah, we're in an ice escalade, and you just you know, kind of part right through the, through protesters, the protesters. And all yeah, of a sudden, we're was, going, this wow, is this pretty is, cool. Yeah, this is, and um, we were, there was um, a, a hangar full of people. And there was all these people on each side of the the barricades. And we're walking down with Secret Service. And I'm, you know, shaking because I'd never done anything like that before. I was and like so the crowd excited. just parts. I yeah, mean, the Secret Service, there's like four of them in front of us. It's like you're a rock star us. kind of thing. So I'm you know? curious, have you guys ever done any, anything political before this? No, no, no actually, no. you know. Um, in well, I have to say that um, when they had that march on Washington and, in 2010, I called Ted up. I said, "Honey, we have got to go and fight for our country. We're getting on a plane, and with 1.6 million people, we marched very peacefully. We were the very it was first. amazing, and that was where it was like I can't stand back. If if Obama's in, I've at least got to stand up for the people while he's in and still fight for our freedom. And that yeah. that's when I got my first." Um, you know, oh, oh my gosh moment. When I was in Washington, D.C., we just got done with the march. Um, there was a policeman, and his his brother was standing there, and his brother said, hey, my, you know, and this cop comes up, and he's like, hey, this is my brother, and the cop says, what are you guys doing? And he goes, I've been doing this for 25 years, and this is the biggest march I've ever seen. This is bigger than Obama's inauguration. We go back to the hotel, and I'm watching Fox News, and then CNN and ABC, and they're saying there was anywhere from ten to 25,000 people. And, I mean, I just saw at least a million, and I'm like, the, the news is totally playing this. You know, they're lying to the American people. And that's when I first got the taste the, that they the, were the taste of, being yeah. wow, this is, they're not covering this because it was huge. There was a university in Illinois, I believe it was the uni- uh, uni- uh, Illinois University. They did, um, you know, how they do the – they can – determine how many people sure. are are there yeah. by an overhead view mm-hmm. sure. and they determined it was 1.6 million wow. and, and i can assure you it went all the way all and as the parks department said it was bigger than obama's inauguration so you know that there was more than uh, one point you know, uh, one again our there. guests are julie and ted melvin talking about their experiences with donald trump as well as this grassroots group that i'll tell you what tony said this in our interview earlier tony samuel that you guys were such a huge part in taking down that that blue wall okay so let's get back to meeting mr trump for the first time so meeting mr trump so he the first time i see him so he he was a little bit late he could not bring he's usually late yeah Yeah. he's usually late but that's okay get the excitement it's it's well worth it so he couldn't pull his airplane up to the hangar so he was out on the tarmac and of course, I thought it was great that he comes down the stairs and he's holding his own umbrella. Nobody's holding it for him. Doing it himself. You know, doing yeah. it himself. This is Trump 401, yes. right? That is, yeah. yes. So he comes down to um, Air Force One parachutes. And it gave me goosebumps. I recorded him the whole way through. He he had eye contact with me. I stood up there with uh, Pastor Mark Burns. Um, he did a great job announcing Trump. And... Um, after his speech, he came down and we got to get pictures with him. And I, 
I thought this was great because Bill O'Reilly played it over and over. You couldn't see what we were saying, but he played the video several times while he was interviewing Trump on his programs. But I, I slowed down on my TV that we recorded, and I had gone up to Mr. Trump, and we got our picture, and I shook his hand, and I said, thank you so much for what you're doing for our country. I said, don't give up, and I said, don't let them stop you. He said, don't worry, we're not going to let them stop you. And I said, Then I went back to him, even with Secret Service around, and he let, him, let me come toward him. Him, and he grabbed me again and I said by the way you have the hair of an angel <laughs> and, and he laughed and, and he I'm put going, his shoulder are you I mean well, I, I, I see him kind of shrug and laugh and just kind of give her a little hug and he, like, he's like, and he, just, he's, he said you know and he was sweet he said oh you're beautiful he said you are beautiful he said that to me several times just because that was from his no, heart no just you know? out of curiosity as a husband you've got Donald Trump yeah. Telling your wife she's really beautiful. Yeah. I mean, what's going That's through great. your head? I get used to that. I've, I've, I, <laughs> no. I've been used to it. As long as the gentleman's polite and means it, um, I have no problem with that. Okay. She is beautiful. So here's what I found about Trump that was very, very... In, by the way, the whole time I was interviewing Trump, I was like, don't stare at his hair. Yeah. Don't stare <laughs> yeah. at his hair. Yeah. Don't no. stare at his hair. He's so nice. He yes. is. He's, He's so a nice. good person. And I was telling him, we talked after the, the interview, um, I was like, if people saw this side of you... Right. Yes. Like... Absolutely. They love you. Yes. And his family is the same way. Yeah. Heart of gold. Heart of gold. He does. And, you know, part of that's just understanding who he is. Like he said the other day on the news, you know, he said, how do you feel about all, you know, maybe half of America didn't want you to be president and that they don't like you and they're saying this and that. He said, you know, it's because they don't know me. Right. And I truly believe that. He's a great yeah. guy. Okay. So you go through this whole thing. You're on the train. Now, I want to kind of hop around here a little bit mm -hmm. because you were a part of a group during the primary that mm -hmm. was so amazing. And I knew once this primary thing happened, I said, Trump's going to win because mm -hmm. I said, this group like was not affiliated with the campaign uh, no. directly. I right. mean, right. friends mm -hmm. and communication, right. whatever. But but you guys would go to like, I'm going to be at a local restaurant for two hours with a truck full of signs right. mm -hmm. and you can come get them. And people would report back, go up, oh, give away all my signs. All my yep. signs are gone. Right. Right. Like it was so amazing. Tell us mm -hmm. about starting this grassroots group. Okay. So Robert Crotty, he contacted we love me. Bob. Oh yes. He's great. Uh, he got to meet Mr. Trump as well. And um, he contacted me and he's, he saw the work that I was already doing on my own. I've, I've just kind of been a one woman machine as you far as I'm concerned. You guys were rogue agents for a while, <laughs> yes. right? I'm, yes. Seriously. And I'm, I was fine with that because I knew, knew that I was doing everything I could. So he contacted me. He said, I want you to be part of this grassroots campaign and I want to make you an admin. So that's what we refer to anyone that's actually actively engaging and right. going and doing. Sure. And so the, the Trump, Indiana, Ohio, Michigan became this grassroots campaign, um, not just a social media, but an action campaign where we had about a hundred a little over a hundred admins um randy bishop from michigan barb pierce uh pearson from michigan we had barb orange from ohio Alicia, um, i'm not sure of her last name but she was from ohio we had several people so we knew that we could physically get into ohio and get into michigan and of course indiana to make a difference and we were talking we vetted people coming into our group. Yes, we this wanted was like the secret service. Yeah, it, it seriously yeah. was. We we could we wouldn't just let anyone in, and it wasn't you know to we weren't trying to discriminate. We wanted people that were action people. Yeah. We were all volunteers spending our own time and money and resources to get Donald Trump elected. Okay, so you you were telling me before we went on the air, you had a great <laughs> comment. She has a great job. Yeah, she has like a very yes. well-paying great job. Very, yes, she's like taking time away from her job to do this, and you're like. <laughs> 
Um, honey, you, we, we, we need to pay. Make sure the, the heat is, is turned off. We, we got all the bills paid. We got everything. We got everything where we needed to. But she put, um, it was just amazing. And not just her, just the amount of people, other people in the organization that you saw them. Yeah. And, and had well-paying jobs. To, you know, it was, it was literally right. thousands of dollars. Mm-hmm. I felt so bad because Bob kept asking me to do videos for the group. And I would do oh, them. Yeah, we saw this. But it was like, I felt bad because I was like, you guys are going to other states. And I'm like, I feel like I'm doing nothing. <laughs> oh, no, yeah. my, my school bus has been in, in numerous states um, <laughs> decked out with Trump paraphernalia. So take us through that. You guys actually had a bus. Mm-hmm. You would drive school bus. them to, to other states. And yeah. you would just like disperse, right? Mm-hmm. How, how did you know where to go? How did you know what to do? Well, part of that was um, Robert helped coordinate that. Um, what happened before that was Shabnam um, Chowdhury, Hadassah Chowdhury, uh, she wrote a song for Trump. And it was just, really, it was just a jingle. I'd say it was about a 59-second jingle. And it was basically um, about Trump and, you know, you know, build that wall, USA. You know, we're going to fight, 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 keep the faith, and make America great again. And we took that song. We thought, well, we can blare it through the bus and we can decorate the bus with Trump signs. And um, Tammy, uh, Tammy Joe, what's her last name? Tammy Joe Marie from, from Michigan. Her and Barb Pearson, they got a hold of us and they said, there's this, there's this Apple Festival coming up and it can reach over 100,000 people in southern Michigan. And actually, um, people come from Indiana as well. So we got um, almost, I'd say, 2,000 signs. And that's what we were doing the night before on the bus putting them together and keep in mind the bus is painted suburban camo has bullhorns on the front and is nicknamed the outpost yeah, yeah. so it's interesting too because people during the primaries were going and then afterwards they were going well tr- hillary clinton has this amazing operation and donald yeah. trump doesn't have it. i said you people are idiots yeah i said this yeah. grassroots group in the states that matter mm-hmm. is so much better than anything some organized yeah. paid clinton thing is putting together mm-hmm. so you guys would literally just go to like you said this apple festival yeah, yeah. And be like, we're going to disperse. What we did is hand out signs and yeah, we we entered it and uh, we we decorated the bus. I mean, what would it take a couple hours to decorate or uh, two or three hours? hours. And we, we really just had a handful. <laughs> we had we had these women coming up from Goshen, and if you can look at uh, the pictures on our Trump Indiana. Um, uh, Ohio, Michigan grassroots uh, campaign site, but it's on Facebook. But there were some ladies that came from. Um, from an Goshen and they said, Hey, we knew that you were coming. We saw that you were coming and we just wanted to come and help carry signs. Um, Joe flock. There was a lady, um, in Michigan. Uh, she met Ronald Reagan and she actually got invited to the white house, uh, after he got in and she told her a sweet story. She said, you know, Trump reminds me a lot of Ronald Reagan. You know, he's genuine. He tells it, tells it like it is. And he said, there was, she said there was something really um, special about him. Whenever he would grab your hand and shake your hand, he'd grab you by the elbow and look into your eye. Like that was an endearing, he right. engaged with you. And that's kind of the man right. that Donald Trump is. Right. So she opened her house to us. Yeah, let and us stay there. Didn't we, know all us. of us didn't know us from anyone. And then um, Robert Crotty set her up to open up a, an, a GOP office there. So in, in Michigan, there were three offices that were opened and uh, Robert helped open them. And they would not have otherwise been. So let, let's let's put this in pers- perspective too, because I've been promoting this as that you guys were the difference, and I genuinely believe in Ohio and Michigan, mm-hmm. you guys made such a huge uh, mm-hmm. difference. Think about Michigan; I think it was eleven thousand votes. Yeah. is the difference. I yeah. mean, that's nothing. 
That's nothing. If right. you guys aren't yeah. out there, Trump right. probably doesn't win right. Michigan. Right. We had, so they said that we reached over 100,000 people. And, you know, I was dressed up in the Donald Trump mask. <laughs> and I'm jumping around. I had the I had the Trump cape on. I actually had my Trump socks on that has his hair, you know. And uh, we meant to bring that, but we didn't today. We made a book of it. And um, we handed out signs. We had, there was a few people that were, you know, for her but most of them were for Trump and after that we saw signs all over Michigan we actually had a, a reporter from Detroit um, from the news and he contacted Robert and then um, joined our you know joined a member sure. of the group yeah so I know that we reached several um, counties out there that actually flipped for well and Trump. Tony and I talked about <clears throat> this a little bit during his interview uh there looked like there was always so much fun. You guys were always having oh, so did. much yeah. fun. We had a and great I said, time. Yeah. That really sways people. Sometimes they go, look at how much fun these people are having. And yeah. they're volunteers. Yeah. I mean, I, I want to be a part of that, or at least I want maybe to vote for that. Yeah. Right, right. Um, we did meet some phenomenal people that were just energetic, that cared about America, that wanted to change. And that was uh, inspiring. You know, just that, that, that energy is very contagious. Um, we, we actually formed a, a women's group. We decided, you know, we're so tired of people saying that Trump is against women and, you know, sure. Hillary's out there saying, uh, he's against anti-women. And so we wanted to show everyone that women, a, a majority of women are for Trump. So we had, um, it was uh, Rachel Quaid Smith, Charlene Braun, Kim uh, Snemus, and myself, and we decided to do these little live updates yeah, of women for which Trump. Which were great. Yeah, uh, thank you. You had very a bunch much. of pretty women. Usually, usually had a gl- <laughs> couple was, glasses yeah, of wine, and yeah, they were having fun. They rocked you know, it out. What is watching that fun. going, oh, I wouldn't want to be a part of that campaign. <laughs> you know, I wouldn't have met them otherwise. I've met some amazing people. The people that are like-minded like us, it's it's refreshing to know that there are still people out there and to, that give us hope for America, yeah. you know? Again, our guest is Julie Melvin and her husband, Ted, who were so influential in Donald Trump's election in Michigan and Ohio and Indiana. Okay, so let's get to the big story here. You guys, you know, you're big fans. You've met Donald Trump. Mm-hmm. You take it to a whole nother level at the GOP convention. Tell us about this. Okay, so for the first... By the way, this is like a Field of Dreams thing for me. <laughs> oh. I got to meet Donald Trump, but I'm hearing this. Yeah, oh, yeah. It was just like, you know what? Is as far as I'm concerned, it was it was a blessing every time. Um, I felt like God was answering my prayers. My prayer was that I... The only prayer I had was when I um, signed up to volunteer for the RNC, you actually had to be chosen after you filled out an application as a volunteer. See, that is that forced yeah. me because like, you know, the idea if I want to volunteer for something, the idea that they somebody would say no, no right. oh, that's crazy. It was a big but deal. But you guys had to go through a vetting process. Yes, yes. As a matter of fact, I was the one that got in as a volunteer. Ted didn't, which was fine, but <laughs> well, he was coming with me. Well, and I just me. went because I thought Cleveland was going to be a, a potential time bomb. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, you I'll, 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 I'll get yes. you into the Quicken's Loan Arena and, and kill 12 hours yeah. and then wait at the gate and get you out. Okay. That was the only reason I went. And then two days later, I'm at the airport watching Mr. Trump's plane fly in, and uh, Ivanka walks. I'm picking up Mr. Trump's personal bodyguard. Right. And Ivanka comes walking by, and this is—I mean, this is—I'm. Um, this is my first mission, right? And all of a sudden, and we—and she's got Secret Service around, and her limo's like five feet away from me, and we kind of make eye contact, and I kind of nod my head, and I'm trying <laughs> to look cool, and you know, and she comes over and says, "You're a volunteer," and shakes my hand and says, "I'm Ivanka. Nice to meet you. Thanks for volunteering." And I'm going, "Oh, are you kidding me?" 
let's get. And let's, that was the start of it. People yeah. are going to want to know how did you get to that? Yeah. So how did so, you do this? So um, I was thrilled to know that I was going to be inside the Quicken's Lone Arena. So I was there for two days. Ted's, you know, roaming around, checking Cleve, uh, Cleveland out. And they got um, some good bars, by yeah. the way. Did you, did you bring the bus to Cleveland? No, no, we, did we, did, we didn't. Uh, yeah. We didn't. You know, that would have been, uh, we might have been, I don't yeah. know. I don't know what happened. Security that. was a little yeah. too tight. <laughs> but uh, he did see Doug Carter, who um, was. Um, yeah, state. Yeah. Chief of police. Yeah. He's my next door neighbor. But so superintendent. Yeah, the, uh, yeah. yeah, the superintendent, superintendent of, of police. Yeah, he's, he's sheriff of Hamilton he County. He is my amazing guy. Doug, Doug, Doug. Doug. Doug Carter is amazing. So he got to talk with him while I was inside. And um, I got put at the club or the the uh, president, the, the 45 club, right. which, you know, indicated the 45th president. And um, I got to see a lot of people that were, that are, you know, our senators, representatives. And I got to meet uh, Diamond and Silk and Scott Walker and, you know, just judge, um, uh, Janine, Janine, Judge Shapiro. Janine, yeah. Yes, yes, it was great. And so I was really thrilled. I was ex- so excited. And you were telling me you were floored because you knew who these people were, but a lot of people around you had no idea. No, they didn't. And and I and I pointed them out. I'm like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. You know, and they told us no, <clears throat> excuse me, no pictures and none of that. And then people started taking pictures. So I thought, well, you know, Diamond and Silk said, you want a picture? Let's get a picture. So then I whipped out my camera. And then I started taking some pictures. So that, that was really exciting. And then my friend Joe Alexander said, hey, I've got, do you want to come with me? I have a job for you. And I said, yeah. He said, well, the only thing is you won't be able to come back here. So are you okay with that? And I said, sure. What is it? He said, would you like to drive in the motorcade? I said, the motorcade? You mean like the the Trump motorcade? And I said, of course I would. And I went and told Ted, I was like, oh my gosh, you're not going to believe this. We get to drive in the motorcade. So um, there was a vetting process. <clears throat> yeah, I was going to ask. There was yeah. a vetting process. It was he a knew pretty us. good vetting process. And, yeah, I was going to say, yeah. that's a whole other level. Yeah. Like, yes. And it's probably they, not only the vetting process, but making sure uh, you're a decent driver. Yeah. Yes. That, yeah. that no, was. They ran the driving records, they ran background <laughs> checks. You know, they were you going behind this. Are you telling Ted at this point, you better not have any speeding tickets? Well, no, as a matter of fact, uh, Joe was saying, I really need to know, is she a good driver? What kind of driver is she? You know, because I guess I was the first female driver. Oh, wow. The and Secret this is, Service. This is the one thing that I needed. You know, when you when you finally get your, S, you know, and you've got a, a nice, yeah. almost a government issue, black, you know, right. suburban's Escalade. 2017 Escalade. Secret Service. Right. Um, and, and you get your car checked. You get a bomb checked. There's dogs. They pop everything. You go through metal detectors. And then finally, you go down into what they call the tombs because it's all under underground, whether it be at the hotel or at the Quicken's Loan Arena. So you have 250 men, all men, Secret Service, law enforcement, um, SWAT. Police officers. Um, and, and all of a sudden, here comes this black suburban. And you, when they, you park, and there's like 200 cars. So it's a really small tight space. parking. I mean, mm-hmm. and you, you know, you're flying down a ramp. Right. You're coming in. You got to back up. You got to, you know, turn back up, parallel park, turn, boom, boom. You got people. And she, this one guy before her, took him five minutes to park. And all of a sudden, here comes this suburban squealing her down, and I see Julie behind the wheel. She's got her arms up, and she nails it like, I mean, boom, boom, boom. Hops That's out, pressure. Hey, oh, hops Danica out in her Patrick Ivanka Trump, you know, duds. Yeah. And every every law enforcement officer in that whole garage, just their whole neck, just kind of, and it's like, who is this chick? And she rocked it from then on out. So and who were you driving? 
Ivanka. I was driving Ivanka. Oh my god! Ivanka. Because Ivanka uh, fell in love with Julie because she was a female driver, right. and she. Really so, t- so take us through. Like, she's, are they in the back seat? Yes. Or, okay. Yes, they're in the yeah. back. So, are you talking to them? Well, yes. At first, you know. So the first day, um, well, the first day, I got to tell you, this is it's a funny story. So George Jijikos, he is the advance lead. He's great guy, funny, um, little Greek guy. Yeah. Just, so I mean, so after, so after we. We, the first thing we did was during the day when Trump came in and he they showed I him some driving maneuvers and that sort of thing and he wanted to make a statement so he flew into the airport and literally what 300 400 yards away he he took his helicopter from the airport to that spot because he was announcing I'm here right, in yeah. his in his grandeur way right sure <clears throat> so then after that we we kind of had a little bit of downtime and um, I got I I think Ted was left behind and I, he was doing something else. So I took George and Tim Eunice. So they were both advanced uh, leads and they wanted to go to, to McDonald's. George had been in the hotel for two weeks straight and not out. And another thing. So I started to drive and he said, Hey, do you mind if I drive? And I'm like, uh, no, that's fine. <laughs> Come to find out the reason was he wanted his school long cut wintergreen wintergreen. And he was determined to find it. So I didn't know. And, I and, really and I, I chew, I, I dip as well. So Julie understood when he well, said sure. skull. She's like, "What? We do straight or well, everything or? that he needed." I like. He said, "Do you have a pen?" I got it. He said, um, "I need some skull." I said, "What do you choose? Long cut straight?" He said, "Oh, long cut wintergreen." How do you know? I said, "Hey, I can tell you some places you can get that." I didn't know anything about Cleveland, but my husband chews tobacco, and this is not an endorsement to tobacco people. That's it's bad. It causes cancer. So just that disclaimer. <laughs> so we went to McDonald's, and George is looking all over, and we're going. We're like in. We're in the projects. So um, after um, that, we, we did our thing. We took the, the Trump family to the, um, the queue for that night. That was the night that uh, Donald wasn't speaking that night. So right. that was that Wednesday night, probably. So Wednesday night, because George could not find any school, we were like, you know what? It's 2 o'clock in the morning. We'll take one of the SUVs. We we'll find our way around. I, and I said, we're on the east side of Cleveland on 55th street, which I later find out was not a really we were in, we were good in the idea. We were in the projects. We went to like seven different places because nobody sold this. And I noticed as I was sitting out, Ted's like, you stay here. I'll just keep going in and looking. So we're looking, I'm sitting and I, Decided to lock my doors because I'm getting these looks. People are coming well, in and out. It's it's three o'clock in the <laughs> yeah, morning, and, and sure. there's and there's a hundred people yeah. in these gas stations. Yeah. We ended up getting him like seventeen cans of this dip. <laughs> he was happy. He wanted to pay us. We said we're not taking it. But somebody we said, "Where'd you go?" George. He, we made they said, "Where'd you?" They said, "You're lucky that you're they didn't alive." Kill yeah. me you came back. Take her. No, yeah. but we were we were determined to do that. So we got it in with him, and. um then the day, the, the kind of really the big day was Thursday, and um, that was when we I drove Ivanka around. They went, they had a luncheon at the Huntington Bank, the first thing, and then they, and then she had her her big speech that she had to give. You have and, to tell this story. Okay, okay. So, um, and before you do that, I want to let everybody know we're speaking with Julie and Ted Melvin. They're huge Donald Trump supporters, met the Trumps <laughs> many times, and uh, were part of the great grassroots team that won uh, Ohio and Michigan as well mm-hmm. as Indiana. Yeah. And uh, we'll just set the stage here for you they got to be drivers for the Trump family and uh, Trump Such, entourage mm-hmm. at the convention. They're telling uh, the story here for us. Okay, it, uh, it's convention day. Go ahead. 
Okay, so convention day, um, the the day of the uh, luncheon that they had to go to a luncheon, and I had Hope Hicks, which is his. We his, love Hope. Hope yeah, is Hope's wonderful. Hope. Hope's neat. Yeah, she, she's Hope gorgeous. She's sweet. I yes. drove. I drove Hope <laughs> and Keith. They they were my. You got that's a great right. deal. Out of yeah, that. yeah, I did. yeah, you did. I did. So so that morning, I had Hope Hicks. I had George Gigikos, and I had Stephen. Uh, he's uh, he's the one that announces uh, right before a lot of the Trump rallies. Sure, yeah. I'm sorry that I don't know the, his last the policy name. guy. Yes, yes that yes. guy, Stephen. So um, we um, were sitting there and we're waiting for you know Mr. Trump to come out because the motorcade doesn't leave until he he comes out and he's ready to go. So as they're sitting there, he's uh, George is going through the laptop and they are going through songs of the songs that right. the song that they're going to play when Mr. Trump comes out. And so they're going through, you know, I can't get no satisfaction. They're ACDC and all those things. And I, and I, you know, I'm the driver. I'm not supposed to say anything. Right. Well, I just said, uh, George, uh, can I just say something? The first time that I met Mr. Trump, it was surreal. I said, it made me proud to know that we have hope for America. It gave me goosebumps when he came off that plane. And that was parachutes, um, 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 Air Force One. And so he played it, and Hope's like, yeah, I like that. And then they went back to a few things, and lo and behold, that's the song that they played. That's right. Um, yeah. When he came that's out for you. a speech. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I don't know if it was because of me. And then I noticed they also played it right before he gave his speech when he won the, this election. Right. Yeah, absolutely. So it was like, okay, I don't know if I made a difference, but I, I felt like, you know, there's something with inside you, you know you have to speak up, that the same thing that drives you to to root for Mr. Trump Only for my president. Wife. Yeah. And so I had to say something, so it was great. And um, but tell me about then, Ivanka. Okay, so, so the big night, this was Ivanka's speech, this was Thursday night, this was the, the last night of the, right. the convention. Right, introducing her dad. Yes, yeah. yes. And everything in the tombs is electric. I mean, yeah. it, everybody's on pins and needles. Yeah, so we're down in the tomb where there's hardly any room to move. I'm the first SUV, and um, so Ivanka's riding with me. So she comes over, her husband, Jared yes. Kushner. Oh, he's a great guy. He's like a very nice guy. Very, very nice guy. He he gave me so much attention as far as just talking to me. He was genuinely interested in um, what I had to, to say and what I do and that sort of thing. And so he's sitting in the back talking and Ivanka gets in and she looks beautiful. And I told her she looked gorgeous and she said, thank you. And I could tell she was, you know, in her head, she was going over the speech. Right. I, could, I could tell. So I didn't want to say much to her at all right because there's like 50 million people yeah. watching this. Yeah, yeah yeah so yeah. yeah so we're all thinking we're all getting ready to go to the queue together right so Ivanka's in and she's like I can't wait for dad I need to go ahead and go which meant I was going to be driving by myself right and so Which I'm, up to this I'm point, immediately you don't you've got security you've right, got escort sure. secret yeah. service so even though they had things on barricades they, they went down different streets because of the the places we were going to like go in town your own adventure yeah your now. shoot yeah. yes yeah. so I'm like okay and I'm I'm putting in directions in my phone real quick and she said she leans over to me and she says is there a problem with the directions I said no it's fine I said we're going to get you there without a glitch so they're trying to figure out do we have any escort and. George Jujikos comes over and says, hey, she doesn't have creds. I didn't have a pin. There was a reason they didn't give me a pin. I thought that somebody was always going to be riding with she me. She never needed one because right. she sure. was, everybody knew creds. who she was. Sure. So, so, <laughs> yeah. she sa- he, so he says to Ivanka with the door open, well, don't worry. She's going to be able to take you. But once you get to the queue, you're just going to have to walk down and then walk outside and down. The-. And I looked at him and I said, 
no, you're not walking. I turned around to her and I said, no, she's, she's not walking. Don't worry. I'll get you right in. Knowing that I'm like, I rolled down my window. I said, Joe, get me an escort. There's all those cops at the top. I said, get me an escort because without an escort and without creds, She was going to have to walk 200 yards in 100 degree weather and give the speech of her life. No way was I going to allow her to do that. (laughs) Absolutely Absolutely not. Mom at this point. Well, and and I'm watching this. I'm three cars back, and I see her kind of pull out when Ivanka and all the Secret Service are like, "Stop." And then I see Julie going, and then I see her yell at George, and, and so I'm she's by waving, myself, and she's shaking I'm by her myself, head. And Jared Kushner's like, "Well, like, he, oh where are you God. from, Indianapolis?" He said, "I bet." He said, "Indy 500." I bet you're not going to want to stop at any of the lights. The police are going to be chasing you. <laughs> and I said, "I know." He said, "You know, you're not going to know what to do." She's when like, you get back "I'll home. get Ivanka yeah. there." And I'm trying to concentrate because you can only be like maybe right. what ten feet from the the back. Of yeah, someone's you're running bumper. 70 miles an hour and they you have you, you have to go bumper and you, to bumper. yeah and yeah. so so you have to be able to stop too on a dime without jerking people forward sure. so that was what i was really good at i you know i got i enjoyed doing My that little nascar so driver. Yeah. so i'm thinking okay I, you know I'm, I'm nervous nobody knows what's going on i can't tell anybody what's happening i get down to the bottom of the base basement and, and she was getting out and i said i said ivanka i said good luck to you i said i'll be praying for you look so beautiful and she was oh i'm gonna need prayers and jared said thank you so much thanks for for everything thanks for getting us here and you know getting this escort without a glitch and they were very appreciative and i i was so excited i was on adrenaline i mean so much and when they left i you know i was doing some live stream video because i didn't know if i could or not they they were you know ask for forgiveness later yes yes well i was and i didn't get them because i wanted to totally respect the trump family because it was such a blessing of being able to do this and so I did still save all of my videos at one point I had them on Facebook and then because George Jijico said hey maybe you shouldn't have those on you know people knowing you're people knowing you're driving Ivanka so I took them all off I still have them I was I was it was it was actually the thrill of a lifetime um, but Ivanka personally later when you bought her back yeah she she said I just want to thank you so much and I I said is there a possibility I could get a selfie with you and we were there were a bunch of cars that were going down into the basement and we hopped right out because they were they were stopped because it was full motorcade sure. it was uh, Pence and yeah. Trump and everyone so there was a lot as you can imagine so when we got out Jared Jared's like hey I'll take it of you and um, I said well I want you in here so we we got one of Ivanka and myself, and then of Jared and, and Ivanka and myself, and uh, they said we just want to thank you so much. We realize you know you're a volunteer and you've taken time out, and you've done a great job, and we appreciate it. They could not have been kinder, and I mean truly classy people, class act. Well, I want to I want to close with this, and I was so glad you guys were willing to come here and do this today because you know I tell my Trump <laughs> stories and everything. Oh, you're a homer, and it doesn't matter, <laughs> and you're not a good guy to get a judge of character from. But you guys have painted almost a – you guys had experiences I didn't, but a similar picture of this family and these people and who they are as human beings as we close here today. Uh, both of – yeah, go ahead. I just got up to say, we must tell you about taking Donald Trump, being the last ones to see him, and see, put him on the plane when he left Cleveland. Oh, yes, please do. We got to do that. It's so amazing. Yeah, so I had um, I had Keith, his bodyguard, his actually his friend of 25 years, and he couldn't have been nicer asking what I do for a living. Sure. And he, he knew what a nurse anesthetist was. You know, I was like, okay, that's great. <laughs> you know, and he, he, um, he said, hey, I really appreciate what you guys have done. And he said, you know, I'm going to see if I can get a picture, see if we can get a picture with the boss. So um, they had this little uh, plane 
ready to go. Well, they had the big Trump plane that right. Pence the, and everybody sure. was But it was, it was, it was actually Pence's plane. President-elect Trump I mean, was We have so, much many, so many more stories, but I know you got to well, cut see, short. This, but, is, this, this we can it. have you back. <laughs> this is so great. Um, but we're standing on the tarmac. And... We, we couldn't get Tr- pictures of, of the Pence plane because it had not been revealed yet nationally. Right, they asked us and, not and to. And Trump was taking his, I don't know if you want to call it a Learjet. It was his, it's a citation. Yeah, sure. Yeah, okay, it's a big, so, yeah. And so we got a picture with Keith. And so he goes over and he gets into Mr. Trump's car before he gets out. So right. So hey, I got some people from Indiana. Now, I'd, granted, I, we'd he met him two or three times. Sure. Mr., Mr. Trump gets out of the limo and looks at Julie and says, there's my Indiana girl. Ah! <laughs> now, now he doesn't know her name, but he sure. he's put enough together. Yeah. yeah. And then comes over, we get some pictures, and then he says, "Hey, do you guys have time for a few questions?" And we're like, "Uh, sure." First thing I want to know is, um, so what do you think about my selection of Mike Pence? Did, said, did it hurt me in Indiana by taking the governor away? Oh, that's did interesting. That, and we're like, no, 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 no. no. I you said, know, we're proud. Yeah. That's great. And yeah. Mike Pence and, is a great man. We said, yeah. You need to worry about Michigan and Ohio. Right. And, and he's he, like, you're right. You hit the nail on the head. So yeah, Julie says see. we're taking the bus and explains the movement. I, mm-hmm. And then he says, um, and real quick, I just have one more question for you. And you guys are volunteers. So the Trumpsters asking you guys. Mr. Yeah, Trump he's asking is asking us. us this. He is asking And he us. says, I got one more question for you. Um, he says, how'd my staff treat you? And yeah, I he mean, wanted we to know. We were just shocked. Yeah. It was like. And, he was concerned about how we were treated because. The people that he surrounds himself, he wants to be reflective of what his his values, his integrity, his character, and it, it's real important to him. And you could tell he was sincere. Right. He wanted to make and sure. Yeah, just totally shocked us. Um, and shook our hands, gave her a hug, and hopped on his plane, and off he went. Okay, yeah. so guys, we're gonna have to have you back now. I didn't know we were gonna get into all this, and I feel like we got so much stuff to do. So. Uh, but I do want to say thank you for sharing these stories because it's thank stuff that... Thank you for that, having us on. Uh, it's dreams for a lot of people. Was, oh, yeah. it was. I mean, it is. And you guys got to do it. So thank yeah. you so much for giving a, some time out of your day to share these amazing stories about Donald Trump. Thank, thank you. you so much. Hey, Appreciate don't forget, it. if you miss any part of our conversation today, either with Julie and, and Ted or Tony Samuel, the vice chairman of Donald Trump's Indiana campaign, you can check out a podcast anytime you want. We're on SoundCloud and iTunes. You can download the show right to your phone or tablet. Go back and listen anytime you want. You can also listen to an archive podcast on the website, wyrz.org. Our podcast is always presented by McDonald's. Until next time, I'm Rob Kendall saying have yourself a great evening. You've been listening to the Kevin Kersey Agency presents Central Indiana Today on 98.9 WYRZ. Made possible by the Kevin Kersey Agency, 701 North Green Street in Brownsburg. An archive of today's program can be heard at our website, wyrz.org. Tune in next time for another edition of the Kevin Kersey Agency presents Central Indiana Today with your host, Rob Kendall. This podcast of Central Indiana Today is brought to you by Figment 2 McDonald's. Stop by any of their stores in Avon, Brownsburg, Danville, Speedway, and 10th Street next to Ben Davis High School for great specials, including the two for $2.50 and two for $5. They also have all-day breakfast items, which now include biscuits and McGriddles. And coming soon to the Danville location, Wednesdays will be family night. Figment 2 McDonald's is a proud supporter of Central Indiana Today and WYRZ 98.9. Hello, this is Kevin Kersey. Since 1968, our family has been helping customers with their insurance needs. We provide insurance coverage for life, home, auto, and recreational vehicles. We are located at 701 North Green Street in Brownsburg, and our phone number is 317 317- 
286-3481. The Kevin Kersey Agency can also be found on Facebook at The Kevin Kersey Agency or at our website, www.farmersagent.com forward slash kkersey. The Kevin Kersey Agency is a proud member of the Farmers Insurance Group. The UPS Store Brownsburg is located at 124 East Northfield Drive in Brownsburg. Their phone number is 858-1422. The UPS Store Brownsburg can handle your printing needs, including color, large format, and business cards. They also do blueprints, mailers, and invitations. Thanks to owner Tom Reese and all the folks at the UPS Store Brownsburg for supporting community radio in Hendricks County. This is Donald James of Impact Youth Mentoring. Impact Youth is a not-for-profit mentoring organization providing mentoring services to the children of Hendricks County. We pair mentors ages 16 and older with youth in Hendricks County. Over the past five years, we have been able to impact over 120 children through our mentoring and tutoring programs. Information about becoming a mentor or finding a mentor for a child can be found at impactyouthmentoring.org or via email at impactyouth1010 at gmail.com. Indiana Family Dentistry is located at 505 North Green Street in Brownsburg. Dr. Will Hine practices general and cosmetic dentistry with services ranging from veneers and whitening to implants and complete smile restorations. Indiana Family Dentistry's phone number is 852-5999 and website is infamilydentistry.com. Indiana Family Dentistry is a proud supporter of Hendricks County and Community Radio.